time together. The title of today's message is Gifts from God. In 1 Peter chapter 4, beginning in verse 10, it tells us this. As each has received a gift, use it to serve one another as good stewards of God's varied grace. Whoever speaks as one who speaks the oracles of God. Whoever serves as one who serves by the strength that God supplies. In order that in everything God may be glorified through Jesus Christ. To him belong glory and dominion forever and ever. Amen. When I was a kid, we used to open up our presents on Christmas Eve. Uh, my, my parents convinced us it was because uh, uh, they, they wanted us to be able to enjoy those gifts an extra day longer. But I, I discovered as I got a little bit older, it was my dad. He couldn't wait till Christmas morning. And so he, he, he wanted to open up presents early and somehow it became a family tradition. And we had four boys, and so there'd be six of us, and usually a grandparent or two, maybe uh, my aunt would be there, and my cousin, and so it was, it was in a pretty tight quarters, it was a, a pretty packed living room. And inevitably, it would start off, my mom would want us to go one by one, so each of us could see what the other opened, and ooh, and ah, and, and who got you that. Well, after about one and a half rounds of that, it just, the mayhem, it just erupted, and there was gifts being torn into, paper flying, uh, usually in adults, hey, wait, wait, it's not your turn yet, and, and just, it was just mayhem. And so when the dust settled and kids began to scamper off to try the new video game or to build the new Lego uh, set or whatever it was, uh, there was cleanup, and, and, and usually it didn't, didn't fully get cleaned up until Christmas morning, and we had, always would have a couple of leftover gifts to open up. And so uh, inevitably then, after the kids were dispersed uh, on Christmas Day, and my mom was cleaning things up and, and tidying in the living room. Uh, it seemed like it happened almost every year. She would uncover a forgotten gift, one that maybe uh, got tucked under the tree skirt or, or her organ sat right next to where we put the Christmas tree. Maybe it, it slipped behind the, the organ and the mayhem. And, and so we would all rush to see whose, whose gift it was, one last little bonus gift to see if it happened to be one of ours. And, uh, you know, I thought about that. As I was getting ready for today's message, and, and you know, it's, it, it's a sad thing, a forgotten gift, a gift unused, a gift that goes by the wayside. If you give a gift to someone, you like to know that they appreciate it, that they're, they're going to use it, that it's going to be beneficial to them. Well, you know, in the church, unfortunately, there are many gifts from God that go unused. There are many gifts that God has given to us that fall by the wayside, that get forgotten about, that get neglected. Last week we began talking about the generosity of God as part of our series on Advent, actually two weeks ago, and how God is a, is a good and a generous and a giving God, a God who likes to bless His children. And one of the ways in which He has given us gifts, one of the ways He has, has blessed us, His children is through spiritual gifts. And Peter talks about these gifts a little bit in 1 Peter chapter 4. The context of this passage that we find ourselves in is the, the, the Apostle Peter writing to Christians who are, who are struggling because of the temptation, not, not so much temptation, but the persecution that is upon them. They are hated by the, the, the world around them. 
And they have had to band together to, to join closely together to survive and weather this persecution. And, and as a result, Peter recognizes that, that that's going to bring some unique dynamics. And he's called them to love one another, to care for one another, and bear each other's burdens as they walk through this persecution. And one of the things that he's, he's exhorting them to do here is to use your gifts to serve one another, to be a blessing to each other. So as we talk about this idea of spiritual gifts and try to figure out exactly what's behind it, there are a couple of things that if you want to jot down from your notes in the bulletin and fill in the blanks. But the first thought here is, is uh, we need to know who the recipients of the gifts are. The recipients of the gifts are us. God has given Christians gifts to use for His service and His glory. Verse 10 says, As each has received a gift. What he's telling us is that every Christian, whether you're young or old, whether you're an outgoing extrovert or a quiet introvert, whether you're a good communicator or you'd rather be behind the scenes, all of us have received a spiritual gift from God. Now, we'll look in a moment exactly what that is. But I want you to see for a second here that that means that none of us are left out. There's none of us who have been sidelined in the body of Christ. That is a great thing. I don't know about you, but I got left off a few teams growing up. I got cut a few times trying out for baseball in high school. It's a huge disappointment not to make the team, not to be a part of something that was important to me. In the body of Christ, it's different. God has called all of us to be a part. And each of us has been given a gift. In 1 Corinthians chapter 12, the Apostle Paul explains the same thing. He tells us in verse 7, a spiritual gift is given to each of us so that we can help each other. And in verse 11 it says, it is the one and only Spirit who distributes these gifts. He alone decides which gift each person should have. What a great thing that God has chosen in His great generosity to bless us with spiritual gifts. Before we go any further, though, we need to answer the question, what is a spiritual gift? Maybe this is something that doesn't sound familiar to your ears. The Bible teaches that when when you trusted Christ as your Savior, the, the moment you believed, a lot of things happened that we didn't necessarily know about, that we couldn't see, and maybe didn't even feel. There are a lot of things. First of all, the Bible says that that we were sealed by the Holy Spirit. That that God said, you become my child and you're you're mine now. The Bible says that that we were filled with the Holy Spirit. That He sends His his Spirit, the very Spirit of God, to dwell in us. It's not something that you saw. It's not something that you probably felt. But God's Spirit now has come to dwell in you. The Bible says that you were spiritually baptized by the Holy Spirit. The Bible also teaches that the Holy Spirit gave you a gift or gifts for God's service. Now, this may be something that you were not able to do before. This may have been something that was not part of your natural makeup, a natural gift that you had. This may be something that you were never able to do before. I've talked to pastors who before God called them into ministry and got a hold of their lives, they they said, I couldn't stand up in front of anybody I couldn't talk in front of anybody. I couldn't say two words without my knees knocking and, and being terrified up front. And when God saved me and I sensed He began to call me into pastoral ministry, He, he equipped me 
He began to give me the courage to speak in front of people. He began to give me the ability to articulate clearly God's Word, and, 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 and things changed. Maybe before you were saved, you were a, a selfish person, and you weren't really concerned about the needs of others. Then all of a sudden, when God got a hold of your life, you, you began to uh, just see in incredible ways, ways that you could minister to people. You just had a sense when someone was hurting. You had a sense when someone was in need, and, and, and you had ways in which to meet those needs. These are spiritual gifts that God gives Christians. But I don't think it's limited to just things that we were maybe zapped with at the moment of our salvation. I think spiritual gifts can also include things that that before uh, we were, maybe talents and gifts that we had before we were saved, and now God has taken them and said, now that you're mine, I'm going to use these for my glory. Maybe gifts that are, that are maybe, maybe uh, with regards to music. Or natural abilities that you had and God has now said, before you use that for yourself and for your own glory, and now I want you to use it to serve the body of Christ. One, uh, One definition of spiritual gifts goes like this. A spiritual gift is any talent or ability which is empowered by the Holy Spirit and able to be used in the ministry of the church. You think, maybe for some of you this is the first time you've heard this. I didn't know God gave me a gift that that I'm supposed to be using? Well, this this is great news for you because you can maybe hear for the first time that that God wants to use you, that you're an important part of the body of Christ. We'll flesh that out in just a moment. But the the next thing I want to look at here is the purpose of the gifts. The purpose of the gifts, and that's serving others. God has given you a gift, and He gave it to you for a reason. It tells us in verse 10, 1 Peter 4.10, As each has received a gift, use it to serve one another. Use it to serve one another. As I said before, when you give a gift to someone, it's, it's nice to see them use it. It's nice to see them put it in, in, into play, in, in, into practice, to, for it to be beneficial you want to know that, that it's, it's getting some use. God has called us to use the gifts that we've been given. These are unique gifts because often when you receive a gift, maybe on Christmas Day, you'll open up a present and it's got your name on it. And you will de- deduct, probably correctly, that that gift then is for you to use. Maybe it's, it's clothes, maybe it's a tool, and you will use that because it belongs to you now. But spiritual gifts are different. They are given to us, but they are for other people. They're given to us so that we can serve and bless those around us. And so he calls us to use them in such a way. In fact, he, he, says, he says, you're stewards now of these gifts. A steward is a manager, someone who is using something that is not their own. For example, if you go to a restaurant and you're sitting down to the meal, very often a manager will come by and ask how things are going. And he is the go-to guy if things go wrong, if your meal's bad, if you're being treated poorly. He's the one responsible. He's the one responsible to make it right. Now, he doesn't own the restaurant, but the owner of the restaurant has given him stewardship, has made him manager over his resources. And that's what spiritual gifts are. We're, we're stewards. We're temporarily possessors of these gifts to use them 
to serve others. And we're accountable to God for how we do use them. Next week, we're going to talk about uh, not just giving of our gifts, but giving of, of our resources. And again, that idea of stewardship will come up because God has blessed us. God has given to us of his grace and we're to use these things for his glory. The third thing that we can see from this passage is the types of gifts. Now, this isn't a really eloquent way to state this, but as we think about the types of gifts, there's a bunch. There's a lot. There's a lot of gifts that can be used to serve the body of Christ. Again, look at verse 10. There's a lot packed in this verse. As each has received a gift, so we all have one, use it to serve one another. That's our purpose as good stewards. And it says, as good stewards of God's varied grace. As God, as stewards of God's varied grace. We're stewards of God's grace. We get to dispense God's grace to other people when we use our gifts to serve them. That word varied, it, 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 means, it can mean multicolored. The, 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 the gifts that God has used for His church, are they're just a whole variety. They come in different shapes and sizes. I don't know if anybody else is here. I mean, I've made, I've made um, it no secret in my messages and in my sermon illustrations that I'm, I'm a huge fan of food, maybe a little bit more of a fan than I should be. And I like sweets. I like, I like snacking on things. And one of the, one of the things that I like is, um, is jelly bellies. Any of jelly belly fans here? Yeah, all right. Amen. I, 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 when I go to a store that has all these different flavors of jelly, have you ever been to one of their little, their little outlets, or whatever you call them, and they're just, it's like, it's just sensory overload. There's colors and everything everywhere. It's like, where do I start? Well, I've discovered I can't just pick one flavor and walk out the door with one. I like the varieties. I, I, like, I like getting a whole bunch of different, and then mixing them all together. So every time I pick one, I don't know what I'm getting. It's just a, it's just a surprise every time. I'm easy to surprise. I'm my tastes are simple. Now, don't get the, whoever, whoever's idea it was in the jelly belly world to come up with those Harry Potter ones. Has anybody ever messed with you and given you the Harry Potter jelly beans that taste like whatever, like puke? And just, oh, it's awful. It's terrible. Who would, I don't know. It, the, Harry Potter jelly beans prove that, that we live in a sinful world. Why would you do, why would you take a jelly bean and ruin it? But I like, I like, a, I like, I like a variety, a variety Flavors, and and that's that's what Peter is saying. The body of Christ is like it's it, 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 that we're all made up of, of different different talents, different abilities, and different spiritual gifts. And when you couple that with with our different personalities, we we come with a very unique set. You bring something to this church that the person sitting next to you doesn't bring, and, and the person across the aisle from you has gifts in personalities that this church needs that, that, that you don't have. That's the great thing about the body of Christ. In fact, one commentator I was reading likened it to likened us as Christians to spiritual snowflakes. And I don't know how you feel about being called a snowflake today, but each of us are different and unique. And God has created us that way. What's, what is neat? And, and the Apostle Paul, listen, if, if you hole up today and, and decide to cozy up on the couch and just watch the snow from inside, take a minute and read 1 Corinthians chapter 12. Because the Apostle Paul flushes this idea out a little bit more. And what he says, he uses the illustration of a body. And he says a body can't, 
can't say to its other parts, I don't need you. The eye can't say to the hand, you're worthless. You're no good. Everything you try to fix just breaks again. All you do is pick your nose all day. You don't do anything worthwhile. I, I'm an eye. I'm important. I'm bringing in information to the mind. I'm really, really crucial to the functioning of this body. You, on the other hand, you hand, you're bleh. And you, you look around, oh, the knee. What does he do? I mean, he just gets in the way. And, I mean, that's not, he's not important. He's just in between the foot. and It's not important. Listen, when, you, when we get like that in the body of Christ, we're doing so much damage. When we look around and say, well, your gift's kind of, mm, you know, it's not, not, as, not as cool as mine, not as flashy. And, and you know, we, we can reverse it, too, and we be, and begin to think, well, Look at that person. I, I talked to someone last night after the, uh, after the play, and they had been working in the kitchen, and they said, I love this behind-the-scenes stuff. I could never be up front. I, I, I do not want a part on stage. But you let me back here where I can serve, where I can get behind the scenes and bless people, and just in the, in the quiet of what goes on uh, back here, I, I'm, I'm cool with that. But you know, someone could say, well, man, I'm not on stage I don't teach a Sunday school class. I'm, I'm not really articulate, and I, I, can't, I can't be up front. What, what, what can I do? You see, God doesn't want us to get that way, thinking that somehow our gift's not important. I'm just an encourager. I, I'm, I'm just someone who, 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 who works behind the scenes. That, listen, that, part, that, that kind of thinking has no part in the body of Christ. What Paul's point is in 1 Corinthians 12, if you take a look at that later, you'll see he's saying each and every one of us plays a crucial role in what God is doing in our midst. I, I, hope, that, I hope that you don't have that kind of thinking where you think, you know what, I'm going to show up Sunday, I'll, I'll sing a few songs, I'll, I'll, I'll give in the offering, but you know, I, just, I don't feel like I have much to offer. God's Word says differently. God's Word says you've been gifted by the Holy Spirit Himself with an ability to serve the local body of Christ. Make sure that you're using your gift. But this begs the question, again, if this, this stuff is new to you, you may be asking, well, how do I figure this out? I, I mean, I, I've heard about some of these gifts. I mean, I've read a little bit about it. Or, but how do I know where my spiritual gift is? How, how do I know how the Holy Spirit has equipped me to help serve. Let me just give you a couple of, couple of thoughts on where to go with this. First thing you can do, and, and these aren't foolproof and, and, and that sort of thing, but they could maybe set you on the right direction, is to take a spiritual gift inventory. There's, there's some documents out there, and we're going to put one on our website that will be linked with this sermon. So if you go to, uh, go to our website later on this week and, and you click on this message, there'll be a document attached to it. And you can, it just asks you some questions about the things that you like to do and ways in which you, uh, you, you're, you're naturally built, and it'll, it'll, it'll point you in the direction of where your gifts might be. And so that's, that's maybe a good place to start. The second thing you can do, and this is probably even better, is just begin to get involved. I mean, what do you like to do? What are your natural gifts and tendencies? Where does your mind go when you think, I, you know what, I could, I could spend five hours a week at the church this, just giving of my time and energy. Where, where does your mind naturally gravitate towards? And get plugged in there. Find a ministry leader, come talk to me, and say, hey, I, I, I kind of like to get plugged in in this area. And what, 
We'll talk to you about it. And, 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 if, and if you begin to thrive and you begin to see, wow, this, you know, this is going well. I, I like this. That's, that's a great way to get connected just by trying something. If it doesn't go well, if you think, I, you know, this is not going well at all. I'm, I'm, this is just not like what I thought it would be. Then, then maybe God's got another area for you to get plugged into. It doesn't mean that, listen, it doesn't mean that all ministry is going to be easy. And if it's easy, then that means that's where my gift is. Ministry can involve blood and sweat and tears and, and, and serving can be hard. But, but God has given you a gift. Please use it. Please use it to serve the body and to glorify God. And then the other thing that you could do is just stay in touch with other believers who are, sur- who are surrounding you. So as you begin to serve and get involved, uh, um, check with leadership. Check with those ministry leaders and ask, do you think that this is an area where, where I might be gifted? I know that that was such a blessing to me as I was growing up. I had people, uh, whether I asked them or not, who would tell me and give me feedback when I would get, when I would get plugged in. I remember when I first began to preach. Uh, I was terrible at it. I, I, I fumbled and I didn't, I didn't know what I was talking about. As I look back at some of those outlines, I think I, I can't imagine anyone even... They must have just been, been nice to stay in the pews. Um, and I still remember that there's this one guy, Roger. I saw him a couple of months ago. And uh, Roger would always, as soon as I finished preaching and would, would, would say amen at the end, Roger would begin making his way up front. As everybody else was heading out... Roger would come up, and I would groan, because Roger always had a critique for me. Well, you said this word too many times, or you did, did this in your mannerisms, and it was really distracting. And at first, I despised it, because I'm like, okay, here comes Roger again. Tell me what I did wrong, Roger. But I, I began, as, as, I, as I spent more time with Roger, I really began to be thankful for it, because Roger was... was trying to be a blessing to me. He, he genuinely cared about me, and he wanted to help. And Roger always followed his critique up with encouragement. And he continued to, to challenge me and build me up over those years as I was a teenager, just trying to learn how to, to begin preaching God's Word. And I'm so thankful that I had someone who encouraged me, but also wasn't afraid to, to share some of that constructive criticism. Keep on keeping on. Keep at it. you got a lot to learn yet, but God's going to use you. Those, those things in, built me up, and they prodded me forward into service. Talk with other believers around you. Get feedback and listen to them as they seek to help you use your gifts in the right way. And then the final, the final thing that we want to say about this passage now, I, I, do want to, I just want to throw those up on the screen. Those are some, some lists. If you want to explore this a little bit further, those are some of the passages in which, in which spiritual gifts show up, and you can find some of them. I don't think that, uh, because each of the, each of the time that, that a, a New Testament writer addressed spiritual gifts, uh, the, the list looks a little bit different. Here in Peter, he, he really just gives us two broad areas. Verse 11 says, um, uh, whoever speaks... As one who speaks the oracles of God, or basically saying the word of God. Whoever speaks, make sure you're preaching the word of God. And then whoever serves, as one who serves by the strength that God supplies. And so he kind of lumps them into two broad categories, speaking gifts and serving gifts. You look at some of these other passages that are on the screen right now, and he'll break them down a little bit more. The gift of evangelism, 
being able to maybe more clearly articulate the gospel and, 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 and work uh, uh, an evangelistic conversation into a relationship. Um, he talks about the gift of encouragement, someone who just knows the right time to say the right things and build you up. They just, they just can look at you and they just know what to say. They know, they know how to encourage you. Uh, um, the gift of help, someone who loves to be behind the scenes, ministering and meeting physical needs. And, and there's others in those lists if, if you want to check them out. But I don't think that, since because each of them are different lists, I think that there's probably even more here. How does God want to work through your unique personality to benefit the body of Christ? And then finally, the goal of the gifts. God has given, to the, given us these for a purpose, not only to serve each other, but to glorify God. And verse 11 says that in everything that God may be glorified through Jesus Christ. That's the end goal here. It's not to build ourselves up. It's not to, to get a name for ourselves. It's not so people will pat us on the back and reward us. We're doing this for God's glory. And sometimes nobody will know. And some of us are okay with that. But some of us, that's a real struggle because we want, we want that attaboy we want that affirmation. We want people to say, wow, did you see him? It's pretty impressive. I still remember when I was on a, a missions trip as a teenager. We were uh, in, um, in Kenya, and we'd been doing some, some evangelistic meetings. We'd go and, and, and go to schools and, and do some ministry, some drama and music and things like that. And uh, we had an afternoon, though, where they didn't schedule anything. They were just going to give us the afternoon off to rest, relax, uh, write letters home. It was before email. Um, and uh, I so badly just wanted to kind of crash and take a nap. And, and uh, they told us, though, at lunchtime, hey, if any of you can spare some time uh, this afternoon, if any of you are willing, um, we really need to, to wash and clean the bus really good. We, the, the mission that we were staying at had their own bus, and we wanted to, to kind of leave it the way that they had had given it to us, and I thought, well, I, I probably should go help. You know, they, they, it doesn't seem like there's many people lining up to, to wash this thing. So I, I went out and, and uh, spent the afternoon, and we cleaned that thing from top to bottom and spruced it up. And at the end of it, um, I was talking to one of our leaders, and um, I said it kind of half-jokingly, but it, it revealed where my heart was. I said, so uh, what do we get now? And he looked at me in probably one of the just most harshest rebukes I've ever heard. And he said, you just lost your reward in heaven. <laughs> I'm like, man. But he knew, he knew where my heart was. I didn't, I didn't clean that bus to serve somebody. I didn't, I didn't do that so that I could be a blessing. I did that because I wanted something in return. I wanted recognition I wanted a pat on the back, maybe to get first in the dinner line that evening, something. I was looking, I was in it for what I could get. And that's not what God calls us to do. When we serve, maybe no one will see it and recognize it this side of heaven. Maybe no one will come back and say, thank you. But God sees. When we do it for Him and for His glory, He is pleased. He wants to honor that. David Jeremiah has said, if you have a gift of speaking, speak for the glory of God and he will be glorified. If you have a gift of serving, serve God with all your heart and he will be glorified. If you have a gift of teaching, 
Study diligently. Teach creatively. Do it with all the strength and skill within you, and the God of glory will gain even more glory. Bringing glory to His name is our chief occupation in this life. And on it, on into eternity, we might as well roll up our sleeves and in the power of the Spirit, get after it. That's what God calls us to do. You know, after World War II, the cleanup efforts were massive. And a group of German students volunteered to rebuild a cathedral that had been severely damaged by German bombs. As work progressed, they became concerned about a large statue of Jesus with outstretched arms, beneath which was the inscription, Come unto me. They had particular, particular difficulty trying to restore the hands that had been damaged in the blast, completely destroyed. After much discussion, they decided to let the hands remain missing. And they changed the inscription below the statue instead. When they were finished, it read, Christ has no hands but ours. You know, God didn't have to do it this way. But He chose to. He chose to gift His children and equip them for His service. And he has called us to be his hands and feet in this church and in this community and in this world around us. And I don't know exactly how God has gifted you. Maybe you know exactly what your gifts are and you're plugged in and serving. Maybe you're one of those folks who are just, in, it seems like you're in everything and at everything. Maybe you know what your gifts are and you haven't been serving. You haven't been using them. Today's the day that God wants you to begin to, to, to see how you could bless and serve others and at the same time glorify Him by getting reconnected. Or maybe this is the first time you've heard these things. We want to help you know more. Come, connect with us here at the church, at the, at the office. Talk to one of the pastors and we'd be happy to, to help you find your niche, your place of service. Our God is so good. He's so generous. He's the greatest gift giver in the history of the universe. And one of those things that he has given us are spiritual gifts so that we can serve one another. Let's, let's not let them get forgotten. Let's not let them get, get left under the tree skirt or tucked behind mom's organ and, and forgotten about. But let's pull them out and, and use them to serve each other and to glorify the gift-giving God. Let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, we're so thankful that you are a generous and a good God. We're so thankful for your gifts that we, we don't deserve. Every day, there's a million and one things that we don't see that, that you do for us, that we take for granted, that we just let slip by, a, a safe trip to church, the, the air that we breathe. A warm, warm covers to crawl under in a cold night. A friend to call in time of need. You name it, God, your gifts to us have been so good. Beyond number. God, we, we see from this passage and from the New Testament that we have spiritual gifts from you, from your Holy Spirit. 
Help us to use them to serve each other. Let, it, let them not sit by the wayside to go unused. I pray, God, that we would use these gifts to bless others. Father, we thank you more than anything for the greatest gift of all, your Son, Jesus Christ, who gave his life for ours, who died on the cross to take our sins upon his shoulders so that by faith we might know him. Lord, I pray that we would spread that gift far and wide this Christmas season. And it's in Jesus' name we pray, amen. God bless you, you're dismissed. Drive safely out there.